the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. Welcome to the Farm Advisory Service podcast. I'm Ross McKenzie. In this episode, consultant George Goldie speaks with Lucy Tyle about how she and her family diversified a family farm to include holiday cottage lets and a caravan site. They also explore how Lucy promotes their business to guests year-round, ensuring a closer relationship with their customers. If you have any questions after listening to this episode, you can call the Farm Advisory Service Advice Line at 0300 323 0161 or email advice at Lucy, thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. So, Lucy, I'll just I'll just ask you to start by by giving us a little overview of the business. I know you're you're a very busy wor- working farm, but uh, I I'm also aware that that you've got uh, the cottage and caravan caravan business on the on the side as well. So you just want to tell us a wee bit more about what exactly it is you're doing at uh, Barnkin Farm? Yes, certainly, George. So we farm here about, well, just under 1,100 acres. Uh, On the farm side, we're predominantly sheep. We have a flock of easy cares, about 2,000. And we buy in fattening cattle, that um, we bring on through to kill. And we've also got two cottages on the farm that we holiday let. And then we've got a small caravan site, a CL site where we can take five touring caravans or motorhomes at any one time. That's fantastic. And and, uh, Lucy, how did you find yourself in the position you are now, how did it all sort of start? So um, going back a few years, Matt's background is farming and his family farmed in Suffolk. I had a business in Norfolk and we decided that we would come up to the family farm in Scotland to um, really give it a go and get stuck in. And we at the po- at that point, we decided that we were young enough. If it didn't work, then we could have gone back south again. But within a relatively short space of time, probably within six months, we knew that we'd come to our new home. And um, yeah, we were prepared to get stuck in. And we've made lots of mistakes along the way, but you learn by your mistakes, don't you? So Absolutely. We've been here about 23 years now. And uh, at that point, we had a flock of mules when we came up and we had um, cows and calves. But over time, we've changed the farming system. So um, that's evolved over the last, as I say, 23 years. Great. So you've obviously kept to the conventional um, farm farming system, but you've also diversified into the cottages and 
more recently into the the caravaning as well. Um, how did that sort of come about? What was the thought 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 process in uh, wanting to diversify your business? Yeah, we we wanted to make sure that we weren't reliant just on the farming because, as you know, farming can be tough and does have it its difficult times. So we wanted to have other um, income streams really. So we, we've got the cottages and we um, probably started those about 12 or 13 years ago now. We uh, Wild Rose uh, sleeps five and Owl Cottage sleeps six. Um, and traditionally they've been farm cottages and we've modernized them and um, made them available as holiday lets and over time we've developed and changed them as well. Then about 12 years ago, we decided that we could create a little CL site where we can have five caravans at any one time. And there we've put in hard standing. So it's part of a paddock. It was very much just looking to bring in extra income from the farm Um, My background before I came to the farm was in a state agency. So I felt I was a people's person and that I could get involved with the public and create a pleasurable experience for them to come to on the farm and enjoy a bit of what we have every day of our lives, really, and let them share in it. Brilliant. And and when I go on to the... Barn Ken Cottages website. There, there, there's a fantastic page um, full of information, not only about the the cottages and and the the caravan site, but what really strikes me is all the updates from the working farm and the special offers that are in place for for customers. Can you can you just tell us a, a wee bit more about how everything seems to work together, the working farm and the and the um, diversified business as well? Yes, certainly. So my background, as I've said, isn't farming. And a lot of our guests that come here aren't from farms. They might be from towns or cities or from the countryside, and they, they might know a little bit about farming. So generally, people are interested to know what you do and why you do it. And it, I just decided that as well as speaking to the guests when they come to visit, it was worthwhile just trying to keep them in touch when they're not on the farm as well so that they can see how our year changes. Um, and if you look back, some of the posts will see me in a ski goggles and my hood up getting snowed on because that's what's happening that day. And it adds a bit of humour for people, perhaps just to see what's happening on the farm. And I think it is just good for them, you know, they're back at home, they're living their lives, but they can see a bit of the time when they were in their holiday mode and and see what we're up to. Um, So, no, I, I think it's good. I think part of our job in farming is to let people know what we're doing and why we're doing it. That's great. And have you had some positive feed, feedback then from, from guests who enjoy um, understanding a bit more about how a real farm, farm actually works? 
Uh, yes, very much so. So when we have guests staying that have got young children, um, if we've got the pet lambs in the sheds, they'll come up and have a look and they like to feed them some straw or some of the nuts and generally see them running about. And then if we've got cattle in sheds, we'll take them to have a look at, at those. So for youngsters, it's exciting because it's animals. It's not just looking at a field of barley growing because that, that isn't particularly of interest to the younger ones. Um, other guests that haven't got children love to come and see the wildlife that we've got on the farm. So whether it's birds or deer or quietly sit and look for badgers. Um, we've even had some of our guests put up little um, nighttime wildlife cameras to try and catch snapshots of the badgers or the deer. So yeah, they, they love it being here and take lots of photographs and will send me the photographs when they get home too, which is great. Great. And, and Lucy, how do people actually go about booking in? Is it, is it, is it directly through the, the website or are you, you linked up with um, the caravanning club and, and other, other sort of web websites like that? Yeah. So with the caravan site, we're affiliated to the caravan club. So all the bookings come via them in as much as they have to be a member of the caravan and camping club to come and use the site. But we have an online booking system for the caravan site or this year has been slightly interesting um, because a lot of people are ringing me and asking if we're open. Because of COVID, a lot of um, the small CL sites haven't opened this year. So uh, they ring in the first instance at, um, just to check that we're open and then they'll make the booking. What we've found with the caravan site, particularly in the past, we've been um, very much a site that people pop to for one or two nights on their way up north or on their way south. But um, this year, because of COVID, people are wanting to come just to get away from home, have a change of scenery, and they're staying for three, four nights. Some of them are staying for two weeks, which is excellent. You get to know them a little bit more. You can tell them different places to go. You can give them more options for walking on the farm. So, so that's the caravan side. From the holiday cottage side, they can book direct through our website. And we're also members of Farmstay, which um, we get customers from as well, and Embrace Scotland, which is a membership organisation as well. So they, they come direct to us, and I, I'm very much a champion of people booking direct with um, the place they want to go and visit because they'll get um, better prices in most cases. And they start to build up a rapport with the owner of the business that way too. Great, and and I'll just move move on a wee bit to the role that sort of social social media has to play with with the business. Um, now I've been onto your your Facebook and and your Twitter account, and um, you've got a a large following on on both. Uh, I just wanted to know a wee bit more about sort of when you you thought it might be a, a good idea to to start using these platforms and, and how, how are you now using them to enhance the business? Yep. 
So Facebook and Twitter, I've been using both of those for a few years now. I tend to um, think of them as the way to get out to people quickly, whether it's be with offers or to just let them know what we're doing, whether we've had a good day on the farm, if we're combining, when we're lambing. It's instant and you get out to people straight away, which is good. You know, traditionally, if you want to speak to your guests, you would write to them or put adverts out. Um, we don't tend to do that so much nowadays. Um, Facebook's a good way also to let your guests know about other businesses in the area by sharing posts. And I think it's a good way for businesses to support each other. What about Twitter then, Lucy? Is that uh, a different um, outlet then? How have you sort of used used Twitter to your advantage? Uh, Twitter, I probably am not as good as I should be and I, I should use it more than I do. I think it's, um, from what, from speaking to other people, it, you're looking at a different market, slightly a different um, dynamic of person that looks at Twitter. So I think I need to use that more for perhaps informing people what we're doing, not necessarily about offers, but just generally things on the farm. And I think that would probably be getting out to more farmers using Twitter rather than Facebook and Instagram, I think, will be more to my guests and Twitter possibly will be more to the agriculture sector. Yeah, yeah. I think Kerry Allison at our uh, recent Women in Agriculture um, meeting suggested that Twitter was a, a good way of connecting with with other businesses. Yes. Um, uh, whereas Facebook was... Um, more of a useful tool for for publicizing and directing people to the website is that something that you've you've experienced i would Lucy? i would agree with that definitely yeah yeah and and i just wanted to touch a, a wee bit on the the instagram account um that's that's not something that i've i've got a, a huge amount of experience with myself how how exactly does that work and and what sort of people are you targeting with that well instagram is relatively new to me i would say i'm very much still learning with it um my daughter who's 19 is probably hands in the air going oh mum half the time why have you done it like that but um i am learning and it is useful i think again I have a, there's a lot of local businesses that use it, which is a good way of sharing what they're up to. It is what it says on the tin in its name. It's instant. And, you know, you, you put a photo or two or three photos. You, you, you're best to keep it fairly short, um, whereas with Facebook, you might have a bit of a longer post. But I think with Instagram, keep it sort of a bit more snappy. And photos, as with all of these, are the key, really. It's important yeah. to have good photos. Yeah, and I th and I think your 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 connection with a working farm really does provide you with a lot of content to to put out there, and I can imagine some of it's quite photogenic as well, and and looks Definitely. good. And yeah, you can no, let brilliant. people know how the seasons are changing. You know, the 
the hedges at the minute are full of berries and you know so that's something to post the butterflies are great you know when you've got a field full of corn swaying in the wind just sh- shoot a little bit of video and put that on we we did a little while ago on facebook um with go rural we did a half an hour live tour of the farm which was very busy and trying to fit as much in as possible but it's a great way to show people around the farm and i'm planning to do another one fairly shortly it won't be as long as a half an hour but i'll i'll do another one shortly because people love it and and we had people watching that from america canada south africa which is quite exciting when you're seeing all these names pop up from different places. Um, yeah, so that that was good, very successful. Brilliant, and and uh, I'm just conscious, Lucy, that that social media can seem like a very fast-paced environment at times, and I I'm interested to know: is there a a sort of a, a rule that that you live by? Is there a so many posts that you need to do per day or how many likes you need to achieve, you know, how do you manage it? How do you work it so that it doesn't consume your every living, breathing minute? Because yeah. I, I know it's very easy to, to um, we live in a world where we've got our devices in our pockets and, and it can be very easy just to look at them every waking minute. So how do, how do you manage that? I think it's extremely important to um, restrict your time on doing posts or looking at posts because you can easily get distracted from your main work, which happens to us all, I think. So you will probably laugh, but at the top of my computer, as I'm sitting here talking to you, George, I've got three signs and they say, focus, focus, focus. So they are reminders to me to not spend too long. So I, I don't have to set rules as to, right, um, only do X amount of posts a week. But I would say on average, I would want to do probably three to five posts on Facebook a week if I can. And I don't particularly, I will look at them over the month to see which ones had the best interactions and which ones had the best interactions at what time of day. So another thing you can do with Facebook is um, put your put them on um, to sort of diarize them to come to be posted at a certain time. So I quite often take photos in the morning when I'm out walking before I start work, but that might not be the best time of day to get the best interaction with people so I can forward post it to perhaps seven o'clock at night. Yeah. But I, I do think it's important not to spend too long, but we, we, we all do it. I think we're quite easily yeah. get distracted and do it, but you do have to be quite disciplined. Yeah. And I think it, it can be quite difficult as well to actually gauge directly how, how many people are actually booking in as a result of um, being on Facebook or, or you know, going di- directly to to your your inst- inst- Instagram account. Have yeah. you got a way of sort of measuring that or, or is it just something that you're happy to, to have running in the background? 
Well, um, I, we're always told to check our Google Analytics, and I would be the first to admit that I probably don't do it as often as I should do. Um, but generally, I would say if people see me on Facebook and want to ask something about the cottages, they they will send the message, you know, via messenger rather than going onto my website or email. So with Facebook particularly, you would know, I would know generally it was coming from Facebook. Um, and what's quite good is sometimes you'll put a post up and it will prompt a regular that comes or someone that's been before to come back to you and say, oh, that's a reminder. Have you got availability for such and such a date? So it sometimes just just is enough of a reminder for people to think about their next holiday or their next short break. And I also noticed, Lucy, that, that the form was directly searchable on Google as well. Um, is that something that just happens as a result of having a, a website or, you know, how, how does that work? Because actually, if you just type the form into Google, it comes up directly with the form, the contact details and a, and a booking in um, system. I think in, in any... Um Body that's involved with um, search engines will tell you you have to change the content on your web page as well. So I do have on on my front page of my website I have an area of blog that I tend to update once a month with what we've been doing on the farm, and that just me and I refresh photos that are on the website as well. What Google doesn't like. Um, as far as I can gather, is a stagnant website where there's no changes made to it. So what you want to be doing is is change that content, change words, change photos, because I, sort of the back of Google finds those things attractive to it and likes to see activity on a website. No, that's really interesting. Um, Lucy, I just wanted to touch on um, so, something I'm, I'm quite interested in is Obviously, social media can be a great place to engage with people, but it can also sometimes be negative in that you do, unfortunately, get, get people who will um, post negative things or, or will will troll on Facebook. Um, and, and, you know, uh, Kerry Allison talked a bit about it at our, at our webinar, our Women in Agriculture webinar on i think she mentioned that there was a two a two comment rule for re responding to to negative comments or negative people is that something that that you've you've had experience of in the past with your own business i haven't thankfully uh, had any experience really with negativity on the social media side of things but i, I i've always been told that definitely take draw breath before you answer, probably even sleep on it before you answer. And what's important is not to get into a, a, an argument. If, if you have some negative feedback, which I will get perhaps if it's um, not via social media necessarily, but if you get it in another way, Generally, you would want you would thank them for giving you that feedback rather than getting into an argument. So, 
luckily I haven't had problems like that, but definitely I would never get into a debate with somebody. Um, and I would want it off social media as soon as possible. So take it to an email situation or a telephone conversation rather than let it go backwards and forwards via social media, because it's, it, that's not a healthy thing to do anyway. Yeah, no, I think that's great, great, great advice, Lucy. And uh, I think we, we can all learn something from that, regardless of what enterprise we're, we're running. So, so yeah, no, that's great, great advice. The other thing that I wanted to touch on, I guess, was the seasonality of your business. Now, um, you're obviously usually busiest during the summer. Um, how does this affect your your marketing and your your Facebook and and your your other social media platforms? Do you have a shutdown at the at the quiet season, or how does this work exactly? So, so in in our quieter times, if you wanted to say through the winter, that's the time when most people that have got cottages and any hospitality business that gets quieter will start. We'll, we'll be doing a lot of planning for their marketing for the next year. I probably don't post as much on social media just because it's more difficult to get good photos because the light might not be right. But if it's a good sunny day, I will. Or if I've got cattle in the shed that you can get close up to that are feeding, I'll take photos. So if I get a photo opportunity, I'll use it. But I probably do post less and it, it's more likely rather than it be an outside photo I might take a photo of the stove burning in one of the cottages or the muffins that I put out and the tea and the coffee you know a rather than a photo of outside so I probably don't post as much but I think it's just as important because for a business like mine, you do want people to carry on coming through the winter. Christmas and New Year is always busy for us. Um, you'll get half term in February, you know, so you do still want people coming. So it's important to keep up that presence on social media. Yeah, yeah. And I think you mentioned it earlier when, when you said, you know, your your story is as much to do with the seasons of the the working farm so you know keeping keeping people up to date on on what's going on through the seasons is is just adding to your it's adding to your story isn't it that's right and and as you know on a farm you're busy all year round so you know it's it's good to let people know that and even if it's showing them you covered in mud and everything else that's that's part of our day <laughs> there there are farmers out <laughs> out there who are maybe a bit less experienced with with social media or are maybe starting up for the first first time or you know wondering how they can you know start to to use it to to tell their own stories or, or to engage with with other businesses or, or you know just thinking about or using it for the first time um what what tips would you have for those those people in the initial stages of, of, you know, starting to use it? So I would set those rules that I sort of have very loosely in my own mind, but I would set rules down as to 
planning how often you would post um, and how often you would go on to look at other people's. So restrict your time that you're on it. Um, one of the a basic mistake that I've made that I haven't quite worked out how to rectify, I've got two Facebook pages um, for the businesses, one for the holiday cottages and one for the caravan site. And it's a bit of a nightmare merging Facebook pages because Facebook aren't so keen on working out how to do that. So I probably, if I had my time over again with that, I would have Bankin as a destination rather than Bankin Holiday Cottages and Bankin CL site. So I would have it under one because I have to post in one and share to another or vice versa. So I think if you've got more than one enterprise, think carefully before keeping them split. Yeah. In some cases, they might be best to be split because if, if one is holiday cottages and one is something totally different, obviously they should be split. But but in my case, that was a mistake I made. So that that's something I would change. Um, what other tips? Keep the posts short and photographs are essential and good photos. And I've recently changed my um, phone. I like taking photos with cameras anyway, but, but there's nothing easier than being out on a walk and just getting your phone out and taking a photo and you can post it while you're out on the walk. So it's, it's instant, which is fantastic. So yeah. um, I've noticed a big difference with how much I'm posting since I've got a better phone with a good camera on my phone. No, that's great, great advice, Lucy. And I, I think it, it was something that um, Harriet Busby mentioned in, in our first episode was that um, if, if really a lot of a lot of the a lot of using social media is is about understanding what your objective is, and and I, and I think your 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 advice there to you know perhaps split Facebook accounts is is maybe good for. Uh, a livestock farmer who who's maybe using it to to sell livestock, um, and then maybe also has a has a holiday cottage on the on the, on the side. So so it's about knowing your your target audience, really, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's important. Um, Lucy, I can't let you go without asking you uh, what your thoughts are on the future. Um, you're running uh, a very busy busy farm plus the the diversified business and um what what's what what's next for for barn kin so we've just put up a cattle shed a new cattle shed so from that side of things we are moving forward and matt's sort of policy i think on the farm is always to do things and do them better each year and adapt. I think adapt, adapt, adapt is very, very important, particularly at the moment, whether it's farming or cottages. Um, with COVID sort of there and it's going to be there or thereabouts for quite a while, I think from the cottage point of view and the caravan site, I'm very positive because I think people are wanting to perhaps stay um, in the UK. They want to have a staycation. 
we let everyone know, even when they come into the caravan site, what precautions we're putting in place to keep them safe. And the feedback I'm getting is really positive, that people are delighted that we are bothering to do things to make their stay safe. Um, so I think all in all, um, Matt and I work on the basis that you can always improve, you can always learn, and farmers will be grumpy and pessimistic some of the time, but generally we always look forward and look to better things, improve things, um, yeah, and, and make it better. Very good. And I can't let you go, Lucy, without asking you about one or two of your, your COVID nightmares. Uh, what were your sort of most challenging times during um, this year? The, right at the beginning um, was quite challenging. And if I look back on it, quite humorous in some ways. So um, right at the beginning of April, Matt was shielding. And we had Hannah that works for us. She came and lived in one of the holiday cottages that we couldn't use so that she could work with us on stock and be part of our bubble. Our daughter arrived back from Australia, Rosie, and she had to self-isolate in another cottage. So we had Hannah in a cottage, Rosie in a cottage. Then we had someone else up from the south that was coming to help at Lamming. We had nowhere to put them to self-isolate. Uh, so we hired a caravan from a farmer friend across the valley. And this was in April where some days the weather was good, but I was cooking meals. We were sitting out on the patio at socially distanced two meters between us all. We were feeding them and then telling them all to scurry back to their own little houses to get warm because we'd all frozen out in the cold. So that was a challenging time, but also humorous as well. And, and it, it was a laugh. Um, obviously, loss of income was a challenge too. But the thing to remember is we are all fit and healthy and well. And the biggest positive for us, it's not a nightmare, it's a positive, is because we're farming, we have been very lucky compared to lots of other people that we could carry on working and getting on with normal day-to-day -day things. So our nightmares probably haven't been as many as other people's and we're grateful for that. Lucy, thank you very much for, for joining us today. And for anyone listening, I, I would really encourage you to, to go onto the Barnkin Cottages website to, to find out a wee bit more about the, the business and we'll we'll stick a, some some links down in the notes. So so Lucy Tile, uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying these episodes, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or share the episode on social media. In our next episode this week, consultant Jeanette Sutherland is in conversation with Patrick Laurie on hill cattle and the benefits they bring. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you and goodbye.